your host, Busi Global, and you're listening to Keep Your Life on Track, a podcast where practical and actionable guidance is shared for the aspiring and current migrant, helping you navigate the process of pursuing your goals and thriving in a foreign land while taking care of yourself, with the underlying values to everything we do being trust, responsibility, accountability, collaboration, and kindness. Canada uses two primary languages, English and French. And if you are a primarily English-speaking person, you wouldn't want to find yourself in a space that primarily uses French as a language, like Quebec. So if you are looking for places to stay, make sure that you are researching what the primary language in a province is. Depending on where you are in Canada, there can be very different temperatures in terms of how low it can get in the wintertime, and how high it can get in the wintertime. Different areas in Canada see various temperatures, and you can get places that can go up to minus 30 degrees Celsius, like Winnipeg, in the winter, or places that can get to around 37 degrees Celsius in the summer, like Vancouver. So I would encourage that you research the average temperature in winter and in summer, in the various areas that you would like to move to just to get an idea of how hot or how cold it can get in those areas. Depending on where you're coming from in the world, you could think that the tax in Canada is very low or is very high, but you can expect to get taxed between 15 to 40% depending on the province that you're in. Yes, the province that you're in makes a difference in how much you're taxed because different provinces have different tax laws and they tax people's income differently. So researching the different tax brackets in different provinces that you're interested in staying in is something that you should consider doing before you move to Canada, just to decide, is this the province that I want to stay in or do I want to move to another province that maybe might have less tax, whatever it is that you're basing your decision on. And the other thing that you need to consider is your tax will be based on how much you're actually earning. Now, if you're a parent, the things that I think you should consider before you move is the fact that the school year in Canada runs from September to June. Now, in a lot of countries, it can run from January to December, but here it runs from September all the way through to June, and you have two months. You have around two months of summer break, which is July and August. And that's a very lengthy break that it's not very common in a lot of parts of the world. I know, including South Africa, it's not very common to have a break that is that long. So whether you want to plan around having your vacation or what you're going to be getting your kids involved in, maybe they're going to go to summer camps, whatever it is that you need to think about before you're actually moving and you get to that point where your kids are going to be at home for two months, it's something that's worth thinking about before you actually get to Canada and your kids start going to school. Another really important factor to consider before moving is the fact that your child can be eligible to ride the school bus. If your child ends up going to a public school here or even a private school, and I'm speaking mainly around public schools because private schools will have their own private systems and how things work in their space. So if your child comes to Canada and they're going to a public school, you could be eligible for your child to ride the school bus, but that will depend on how far away from the school you're going to stay. So before you move to Canada, you've decided where in Canada you want to stay and you have kids. And now you must think, okay, my kids need to go to school. 
Are they going to use the school bus or do you want to be walking distance to the school? Now, for your kids to be eligible for, the, for using the school bus, one of the requirements is that they need to be at least 1.6 kilometers away from the school. So wherever your house is, to be eligible to ride the school bus, you need to be 1.6 kilometers away or have a very busy street in between you and the school, regardless of the distance. Your child can also be eligible if that's the case. But if you want to be walking distance to school, I would think you wouldn't really want to be at the highest maximum, which would be 1.5 kilometers away from the school. So you need to think about planning and finding places when you're looking that will be within a kilometer, for example, away from school. You might have heard that healthcare is free in Canada. And I mean, free is a very relative, it's, you can say it's a very relative term to use. It is paid for by taxpayers. And while healthcare is free, if you would have to buy any medications or you have prescriptions, you need to pay for those medications yourself. So you can either pay for them out of pocket, or if you have benefits with your employer, they might cover certain costs of your medications or prescriptions. Now, while healthcare is free, what it doesn't include is eye care and dental work. If you have to do anything related to your eyes or your, your dental work, your teeth, that is not something that is included in the primary free healthcare system. And you would have to either have another plan that you're paying for on the side, or you have benefits with your employer. Car insurance is so expensive in Canada, and it's one of those things that you can't get away from. I know in South Africa, you can have car insurance, and really, if you cancel it, nobody's going to say, oh, you canceled your car insurance, you should have car insurance. You get stopped by cops, like they don't really care about car insurance. But here, you have to have proof of your car insurance with you in the car, every single time that you're driving or else you can get fined. So you have to have car insurance by law. And one of the things that we found out after we bought one of our cars was that you will pay more on car insurance on a sedan versus an SUV. And it really makes sense when you get to drive both cars, especially in winter, Sedans generally will have a slightly higher risk of just skidding on the road if it's very icy. Just based on the weight of the car, it's usually smaller cars that are going to be sedans and your SUVs will be much bigger and they have a better grip on the road. So you pay more car insurance on a sedan. So the actual car might be a car that maybe you're not paying as much as you would. It just depends what car you're buying, right? But you will pay more if you are driving a sedan versus an SUV. And it's all from a safety factor, safety and probability of you being in an accident if it's snowing, for example, and the road conditions are very slippery. So from a car insurance perspective, as well as safety, really, there's a lot of things that you should consider, but car insurance is expensive and the kind of car that you're getting can really play a very huge factor on how much insurance you end up getting. And just as an interesting little thing with the car that I shared, we bought and then we sold and got another one that's an SUV. The SUV, it's bigger than the sedan, like it's more expensive than the sedan, but we're paying so much less. Like our insurance went down when we changed cars to the SUV 
than what it was when we were driving a sedan. If you're from a country like South Africa, where I was born and grew up, we just have what here is known as the all four seasons tires. You don't get to winter and you're like, oh, we need to change and put winter tires on. So it's just not a thing. But when we got here, we figured out that there is such a thing as winter tires and they are generally tires that help you get a better grip on the road when it is snowing and it's those types of conditions. That's not to say you can't be driving using the other types of fuels because they are called four season tires and they are good for all four seasons. Just specifically the winter tires are tires that are designed for the winter and they're just better on the road for you if it is winter and it's snowing and the road conditions, the way that the road conditions look here. Unlike South Africa, where you can just drive with the same tires all through the seasons and there isn't any other type of tire that exists, winter tires exist and driving with winter tires during the winter time, that can help lower your car insurance. So the first point that I spoke about, and it can offer you better safety on the road when you're driving. So that's something that you should look into, do your research on, and then decide. Am I going to just stick with all four seasons tires throughout the year when I buy a car or am I going to buy two sets and have my winter tires and change those over when it's winter time? I've already touched on a bit when I was talking about car insurance, but really it's such a big one for me. It was such a big one that I think you really should consider and think about really well when you're buying a car, is that sedan versus an SUV experience. So sedans versus SUV, and this is from driving a sedan during the winter when it was snowing. I've driven the sedan when there was a snowstorm. I felt like I was going to die that day. I was so scared. That's how scared I was driving in the snowstorm. I was so scared and the car that I was driving was not offering me any peace of mind. And it was not even possible to say, can we just park and not go anywhere? Because we knew there was a storm coming that evening, but we were supposed to already be at home when it started. And it just hit when we were on the road. And that was one of the things where I was like, okay, this car definitely has to go. If you're moving to Canada, I really want you to consider properly before you buy a car if a sedan makes sense for you and the type of driving that you're going to be doing and when you're going to need to drive. If you can have a second car, then maybe having a sedan is not such a bad thing. And you know that when it's really heavily snowing outside, it's not generally a car that you will use. So from a safety perspective, like it's a very big one that I wanted to highlight on its own, just so you can maybe see how important this one thing is from the experience that we've had. And if I look at the roads, especially around the cold times when it's snowing, you are going to see more SUVs on the road than you do sedans. Yes, there are people who will still be driving the sedans, but you're definitely going to see more SUVs, more trucks, like more bigger cars on the road because they just handle that type of weather much, much better than the smaller sedan type of cars. One of the things that you should know about the schooling system is that you might have to pay for before and after school care. If you have to go to work and you need to drop your kids off before school starts, you will have to pay for before school care and most likely after school care so you can get your kids a bit later from school. Now, the one 
big thing that I've noticed with schools here is the start time is so much later than we're used to in South Africa. So the first school that my oldest went to, start time was after nine. I can't remember the exact time, but now they're in a different school and the start time is 9.25. So before school care will accept kids from 7 a.m. in the morning and then they take care of them right up until they have to be going to school. It's a service that will be offered in the school that you are going to be taking your child to. Now I know back in South Africa when my oldest was in grade R, the school was open from seven already. If I remember correctly, I think the earliest you could drop your child off was 7 a.m. and you didn't have to pay anything extra. There was no extra fee for before, like dropping them off before school. But the after school, yes, there was after school care that we had to pay for. And I think the big difference is the fact that if you're dropping your kids off at seven, school is already starting at eight. So it's not like here where you'd be dropping your kid off at seven, but they have to wait over two hours before they can actually start school. So that's the biggest difference. The before school care, I'd say, works pretty similar and they all differ, I think, with the different schools and the different programs that you can get your child into in terms of when the last or latest pickup for your child can be. And some people really can just find somebody that they can get to fetch their child and that's the person that they pay to take care of their child until they are coming back. But we just have been using the before and after school care facilities and services that are offered by a separate body that will have a space in the school to be able to facilitate this program and take kids in and help parents out. So those are costs and things that you would have to consider if you do have kids who are very young and wouldn't be able to maybe walk to school by themselves when it's school time and they get there when the bell is just about to ring, but they need somebody to be taking care of them before school actually starts. I will add links to programs that do exist for before and after school care in the description so you can check that out and see what the programs look like and you can see the costs that can be associated with it. And that is something that can help you from a budgetary perspective to know that, okay, I will need X amount in general because the prices do change every single year. Just as a round figure, I need to make sure that I'll be able to pay for X, Y, Z for my kids when it comes to the schooling side. Because the school itself, yes, you don't have to pay for school if the child is going to the public schooling system, but you will have to pay for before and after school care if they have to use those facilities or services. Braiding your hair is so costly. It's so expensive. And it I say it's expensive. I know expensive is a relative word to use because what's expensive to one person is not necessarily expensive to the next. But I'm saying it is expensive when I am comparing it to South Africa. And I know it's not the best of comparisons to make because the one tip that I will tell you with anything, whether you're going to do your nails, you're going to get your facial, whatever it is, there's a whole bunch of things. And hair, doing your hair, braiding your hair is one of those things where I will say, leave the conversion at home. When you're about to leave your house to go do your hair, leave converting anything at home because you will end up never braiding your hair if you're going to try and convert everything and make it make sense in 
the perspective of the country that you're coming from. So for me as a South African, it's just crazy how much braiding hair costs. You can come with your wigs, you can buy your new wigs. That's the protective hairstyle that I think makes the most sense. And I honestly started wearing wigs at a certain point because it just made more sense to put wigs over my actual hair to protect it from the elements because it was getting dry. It was just not doing very great with the cold weather. And braids just don't make sense. There's no way I'm spending that much money in short intervals because if i'm doing cornrows you can't keep those like super long unlike braids you can't wash your hair if they have cornrows on there it's just not gonna look right i think it would have made the world of difference if i maybe first got a shock when i was still in south africa and i got to process it just a little bit to say okay i'm not ready but i'm ready so don't forget to leave the conversions at home before you move to Canada. Plan for these things, consider these things, do more research on these things and decide what is going to be the best way for you to move forward. What is going to make the most sense for you to move forward? Help yourself make more informed decisions. Subscribe to the podcast and keep your life on track with me, your host, Boosie Global. I'll see you on the next episode.